I had to just reproduce that for you to show you how I feel about you. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's that real shot of vibe. Like you just turned the whole song and really put it over there, like like how we doing it. <laughs> it's old dirty bastard, Osiris, and now they're in front of the Fujis, and I'll never forget. So my man Spider, he's little, but he's thorough from Jamaica. He always got a ratchet on him. You know what I'm saying to you? And being like he's short at the time, and we're young, you see what I'm saying? So think about it. So the shooter is very young, usually at that time, like in the hood, because at the end of the day, his angle is perfect because his height size and how he's gonna come at you. So I give Spider the signal so he takes position because we don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Prize goes into some drama, and he's like, yo, 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 y'all don't want any of this, yo, 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 and then Prize breaks a bottle, like, on the floor, you know what I'm saying to you? So, I guess, like, this is, like, the art of war, the bottle is supposed to be, like, the fire that distract. These guys were not budget, right? They meant business, and old dirty bastard took our winner, baby. And he took it, he hijacked it, basically. And cause you, this the winter bagel that, you know, we put our equipment in, you see what I'm saying to you? So I'll never forget that. And we get back to New Jersey, dude, we are devastated. Like we are in East Orange, New Jersey. So I was like, oh, this is how these people want to move? I was like, we cannot roll like this no more. So we go to Jersey and we come back we, we hear that Osiris and them have a show the next day. And you know who I'm gonna get on this show? Cause some of this be sounding so crazy that we need someone else that was there. So anybody that's in New York City, y'all heard of Guerrilla Force Security, period. Guerrilla Force Security was so gangster that they were their own like force not to reckon with. If you was a gang, you came to the door, you'd be like, nah, uh, we ain't gonna mess with Gorilla Force Security. So that night we load up, I'll never forget, half of East Orange, New Jersey. And we was like, yo, we are going to get our winner bagel. Yeah, we gonna get the whoop back. Like, so we head out to this show and I'll never forget, uh, Beast was the bodyguard and Green Eye, Friendly Giant, and my whole crew outside and I give everybody the signal. So, but think about it now. It's like half of the Haitians in these stars is with me. So it's, it's about to be a civil war. So I'm like, yo, so, and y'all remember Beast because I told y'all that's the bodyguard when I was at the Ark. The first time I went with the Ark, I had my gun on me. And he was like, leave your gun in the car, you safe. And then I was like, yo, you're gonna be my bodyguard later. And then. You know, my father said in his dying bed that he's not your bodyguard, he's your brother. So just to give you a background, be. So we, I go inside of the club and now I size up and I see Osiris. And of course, I'm approach this dude, but it's probably gonna be on. There's nothing I could do in the club. 
but I, 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 I pinned him. You know what I'm saying to you? And if y'all know anything about beepers, y'all already know. So we got our communication going with my crew outside. So basically, um, I walk, start to walk up to him and Osiris looks at me. He puts his two hands and then just looks at me and then he bows down and he brings his head back up and he goes, I love the Fuji's. All right, so the best way that I could describe um, my next guest coming up, let's just start off like this. I say I don't do interviews, I do conversations because at the end of the day, conversations is based on substance, man. And Gunna, to me, and I'm gonna break this down and anyone who thinks they wanna challenge me, they can. Gunner's like Shakespeare. Come challenge me, to be or not to be, man. Like he literally takes the English language and he redefines it, you know what I mean? So that's my introduction to my nephew. What's happening, my family? <laughs> What's up, what's going on, uh, you know? <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, yo, great you introduction. Know, <laughs> yo, you, you already know the first thing I wanna do for you is I, I'm, I love your style, I love the islands, I love the way you come, and I, I have a big sound system. Louis Rankin, y'all always talk about the movie Top Shotters. So I was like, yo, how can I make this special for you? So Louis Rankin died, right? He, 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 he had died. The leader of um, when we did the movie like Top Shotters, the one that y'all always quoting in that movie, um, he had passed away, good friend of mine. One of his last conversations, he was on the phone with me. And I know how much y'all love that movie Top Shotters. And I was like, yo, I have you today and I just want to play you something before we even get started. Because me see y'all burn the ganja. So, me know you're ready. So I'm just going to play you a vibe. We're going to set the mood. Tune. Hello. Hello. Yo, Wildcliff Wagwan. Louis Rankin, man, a.k.a. Teddy Brooks, I told Richie F. the other for murder the blood clotting farmer, Dunkle Sky and farmer for dead, 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 dead. Come on, come on. 
To just reproduce that for you to show you how I feel about you. That's crazy. <laughs> that's that. That's that real shot of vibe. Like you just turned the whole song and really put it over there, like like how we was doing it. <laughs> Yo, man. That's that... hard. You gotta send me a copy. Like send me that. Like so I can. I'm, you know I'm about to do. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like when I tell you I'm embedded in the culture. It's like, the only way I could show you that is to show you that I understand your frequency, not to say it. So I want you to know that you inspire all of us. So the reason why I threw that, that Shadda's vibe, because in Jamaica, there was a dude who used to speed rap. And he'd be like, you know? And it's sort of like, what's crazy is the culture and the vibe that y'all bringing in from where y'all from. My first question to you, man, is what's your upbringing, man? Like, you know, we I was in the studio with y'all. We talked about Haiti and everything. But what's your upbringing? Like, where you from, man? Well, I, I come from Atlanta, you know, south side of Atlanta, though. Like, mm -hmm. old national flat shows. I grew up there. I stayed there, like, really, like, my whole life. Until I got to my, like, early 20s. And I yeah. started just venturing out and just networking more in the city. Yeah. And like, the South Side made me, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was, I used to have, I had my style and my theme there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I got mm -hmm. it from the people I was around. So, mm -hmm. like, that was really my upbringing. And then like, me getting with Thug was just like a, just like a, like a, like another like life and another chapter, like another level of like me going through another stage where I got to embrace and learn and just grow. So that was yeah. another part of my upbringing. You know what I'm saying? So 100%. That, where I came from and, like, where I natured off and ventured off to and grow, like, was my upbringing, too. That's deep, man. I was born in a hut, bro. And we talk about, like, in Haiti, like, with nothing. I ain't had no electricity, no nothing. By the time I got to the projects, I was 10 years old. And when I got to America, I looked at my boys and I said, man, we rich now compared to the poverty of where we come from. So sure. a lot of the youth and a lot of people that I know, they look up to you because of your story. Now, I always say what separates sometimes artists from making it is a discipline factor because there's a street code that goes with it, you know? And when I'm watching you, it's sort of like you have the corporate and you got the street. And you understand the both and you don't let it suck you under, right? What that mean is, you know, I'm from that era where, you know, if I'm coming, I'm gonna take the whole block with me. And then when I take the whole block with me though, as a militant leader, I'm gonna be like, these are the rules and this is how we move, this is where we going. When I see you, I see a young leader, bro, and 
even like watching um, how you converse and your relationship with Thugger. And where does that part of it come from? Because that discipline in you, I think, has a lot to do with the magic source besides your incredible talent. You know what I mean? I think the discipline in me became, came from just like me growing and becoming a man. Like me being around something, like, like me being around like Thug and like he didn't just give me money and try to just, you know what I'm saying, tell me where to go. Like he made me like want for it still. Like, like and let me know like I can't give it to you, you gotta get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Facts. So, when somebody instead that to you who made it, it's it's different because you like. I ain't think it would. I ain't think it would come from you, and you would say that. I think it'll be it'll be more like you know what I'm saying, where it's like giving. You know what I'm saying, where it's like I, right, it's on a better platform for you for you to get it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you around it, but at the same time you gotta adapt. I can't make you adapt. So I fig I feel like, just like that part of like that tough love. What yeah. just gave me my discipline? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, tough that, love. That's, the, that's deep. Tough love, man. I, I fully understand that. So I think I talked to you when I was over in London, and you was headed somewhere. Um, but I looked and saw you was in New Zealand. Did you have a show yeah. in New Zealand? I had a I had a show in New Zealand. I did a I did like a Australia run, and it kind of I ended up I ended up in New Zealand. That was like my last stop because. Like last year, I did my I celebrated New Year's in uh, Australia. Uh huh. How you so like I it? I brought it in early. Like I brought it in early. It was a vibe. I, it I, was a vibe. I enjoyed it. Like it was yeah. different for me. It was something different. So yeah. I ain't. I didn't want to go against it. I wanted to just try it out. Like I'm an open person. So Preach. I'm feeling like I like this gonna be something different, bro. Like. Facts. It's like some of my some of my my brothers and stuff, they like, man, we're going to Australia, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. gonna be here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah. business called and you know, it ain't it ain't just about the money, it's just about like the experiences too. Like I never yeah. been to Australia. Well, yeah. I had been to Australia one time for a roller loud show, but I never even got a chance to see it. It was just like a, hey, we need you to come. Can you make it? You gotta leave next day. So when I went, it was there, and then I got back on the plane. But I never really got a chance to experience Australia, so I feel like I really yeah. needed to do that. If especially, yeah. I like to go places and see like if I really got fans here, like who yeah. who over here, who yeah. know me. <laughs> Coming from Haiti and growing up in in Brooklyn and moving to New Jersey, we formed a clique called the Refugee Camp. Um, my boys in in Miami, Macazo who's doing double life in prison, one of the leaders of the Zoes, and I still will say that I believe like he's in prison, it's more like a political prisoner at the end of the day. But consider that, you know, like watching the rise of the Zoes or the rise of the refugees and all of that. The reason why I say that because I realize that whether someone is saying crip, blood, essay, you know, whatever, it's like, it's just really, the, the back word for it is a tribe. So for me, I'm telling you that because at the end of the day, me and you, we could talk money, right? The reason why we could talk money is because it's hard for people to understand 
when somebody's in their 20s, like they literally could sit on a pool table and count millions of dollars. And then they'd be like, yo, man, I don't know why this person's spending this money on this car, why this person... I'm like, yeah, that's because you don't have it. We ain't going to die with it, right? But my question to you is, with the money, like when I'm your age, the money, the fame, the energy, all of that, right? What kept me grounded in sanity was I always had family around me, right? So if you could give us some last words, Gunner, how do kids, how do you stay balanced? Like, cause money is gonna come, right? And, and what's, what's the, the idea of how, how, if you was to, to give someone who wants to be an inspired Gunner, What's your word? How do how do they stay balanced? What keeps you balanced? And what's what's your last words for the folks, man? My last what I, what I would want to say to stay balanced, or what I feel like I do to stay balanced is like I give myself silence, time to myself. Sometimes I always talk to my mom. I always talk to like my family, like everybody don't got their mom. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So, but I feel like everybody got somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't feel like nobody. I feel like God really like gonna give us somebody that we can vent to. Somebody. And then I, and then I might not even be vent to where you tell them yo 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 what you got going on, but it's you just you talk to them and just keep an everyday mind and like. You gotta be in their world too. Like, once you leave that world, you still you still supposed to be like in tune with like the like the the sane and like the normal world. That's not the celebrities and full of that because you don't you don't go off the cliff. You don't just get lost into what this is because it came from this. Like, I feel like that's why like I feel like people go to the hood. Like, you feel like, that's why you see Nip might go back to the hood because. Not just he's trying to prove nothing, but he might, he like, you feel more humble when you back home. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you try not to get that, you, know, you try not to get, like, too cocky or too celebrity-ish, like, when you come from really, like, that. So you try to stay humble and, like, so you're going to go back and you connect with your peers and your loved ones or people you grew up with to just, like, steal that saying to see what they've been going through because it's still different. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got $1,000. That's a lot of money to a lot of to certain people. But we'll get to the point of we making millions and millions of dollars, but we feel like a thousand ain't nothing. That means you don't you just done you don't kinda went off too far. But at the same time, you can't feel like a thousand is your is your limit. So you supposed to still be sky's the limit. Facts. So that's why I say it's both. You can't be like, oh no, nah, I'ma stay down and feel like a thousand is too much money. Mm -hmm. Either it's too much to where you can't go past it. So Man, it's Amazing, just, man. you got to, you got to balance it out, man. You got to balance it out. Stay, stay, stay with the regular world today's and time and to keep, stay up to date with the police brutality and what's going on in the real world. Cause some Talk. celebrities don't Talk. feel that. Talk. You know what I'm saying? We don't feel yeah. that. We don't feel Talk. that until it's, it's somebody close to us happening. Like we can talk, we can talk. That's why it was hard for me to really like speak on it. You know what I'm saying? Being honest, like, true, I could talk to you, you know what I'm saying? Facts, facts. Like oh, it's a conversation, so it was, fam. I feel like I, I, I gave back enough, but I still could have spoke more, cause it, but at the same time, this this new to me. I'm living in, in the times, like, where this yeah. is new to me. Police brutality, I never seen it day and night since just now. You know what I'm yeah, saying? on this level. So, 
So on this level, yeah, wherever when it happened back in the day, we was we was kids. We couldn't. That's right. We, our family, our parents, was going through that. We could I, I, I couldn't feel it. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Twenty seven. One hundred. So it's hard to speak on it, and it's hard to really get out there. But you still gotta be in tune, unless so you can have a same mind, and you can be in everybody else's shoes. You gotta already be be able to put yourself in other people's shoes. That's factual, that's man. Real, I think I think you just, life. yo, you 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 said it, and I think um, you said it and it's received. You feel me? And at the end of the day, like I said, I feel we could always talk. Like when I came to Atlanta, and I seen you boys, and I go in the studio. Y'all see how Unk is? It was like I, I felt like man, I was walking into a like, 1997 session, you know, with my what? shotter gang, you know. <laughs> 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 like right then and now, I, I felt I felt your vibe. I felt family. Like it's, it was like nothing else could just like just from us and you. Like I yeah. felt you felt it from us too. Like it yeah, wasn't like course. oh no, you you being yourself, but at the same time we being yeah. ourselves. But it's yeah. genuine. Yeah, yeah, only way to be, man. You know what I mean. So, man, Gunner, whenever you in Jersey or Haiti, wherever you have a, a escape house that you can always come to. You always have Uncle Wyclef. You always welcome. And so I'm gonna make a deal with you. So I am going to send you what you inspired me. You know, I created that whole reggae thing for you. And in return, I need to know who your stylist is, right? Because your uncle need a makeover. So listen <laughs> to what I'm telling you from June. So I want people to say, damn, after his nephew Gunner had a conversation with him, his entire clothes, this dude, he literally just changed his whole wardrobe. So I have a big closet waiting, and I don't know if you have a, a clothesline or whatever, but I just need everything gunner. Into got the personal <laughs> shoppers. I got personal shoppers that direct, you know, that's, I love, I like. Okay, because you're I like love. a fashion guru, too. I, I get dressed myself every day. I love it. This, yeah, you're but like this a, was something I've been doing since a kid. So it's like, what? Come turn your closet up. You you gonna see me soon? I'm, man, sh come on. Yo, up, are you are mask. you thinking about a line or anything? <laughs> Fashion, a line? Yes. Too? I'm working All on right. a, I'm working on a line. I've been in that I've been in LA. I'm working on mm -hmm. a line right now. It's it's gonna be called Giovanni. Like that's my middle name. Go but, talk that talk. Well, I look forward to rocking some Giovanni while I'm on stage with my white guitar and tell everybody, don't get too close to me, baby. I got Giovanni nah, on. Nah, the real deal. So you already deal. know. I, I love, love you, man. <laughs> and say hello to everybody, <laughs> too, my nep other nephew. And salute to your gang. Respect my tribe. For sure. Bless you know nephews. Salute. You know All that right, shout out for life. Gang. Theo Crocker, that's who I'm about to put y'all up on today. He is a Theater Presser Award recipient, a Grammy nominee, and a three-time Echo Award nominee. One of the places that I think that I relate with Theo and is, I remember like when there was just a teaching me the idea of like what jazz should sound like. And in my brain, like growing up in the hood, I was like, it all just sounded like fusion to me. I remember that when I went to Berkeley for a short time, I left. 
you know what I'm saying to you. But big shout out to Berkeley, but I left. And I also went to another music school, Five Town College, which later they brought me back and gave me my doctrine in music, but I left. And literally, because I was hearing it a certain way in my head. So when I hear Theo turn down Juilliard scholarship, for me, um, this is another deep connection. So I'm about to put you on, because you know, they say, yo, Clef, what's your favorite jazz album? And I always say, bitches, brew by Miles Davis, because that's how I learned how to hear. So I need everybody to get in tune, and we're about to hear my brother, Theo Crocker. <laughs> episode and I literally just feel sad. I've been waiting um, for the information to be released on, on the Breonna Taylor case that was brought to the grand jury, only to find out that now that information is, is going to be delayed. The whole thing makes me sad, but, but that, just that news, it deflated me. It deflated me, right? So, Brianna Taylor, I know you know the case. Um, folks have been fighting her family, her attorneys, protesters. I, I definitely know the case, but I mean, you've really been, I think it hit you hard today because you've been on this, like, from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so folks have been fighting really hard to get justice for Brianna, as they have been calling it. Um, I can't imagine anybody listening to the podcast would not be familiar with this case, but um, police showed up to her home with a no-knock warrant. Um, though they say they knocked, I don't know why. They say they knocked, they showed up with a no-knock warrant. Um, when her boyfriend heard the noises from the door. He fired a warning shot, thinking that there were intruders in their home. Uh, police opened fire inside the apartment. They ended up killing Brianna Taylor. Uh, many, many shots were fired. So recently, there was then this, this grand jury ruling on the case. Everybody had been waiting for this, and everybody thought there was finally going to be justice for, for her. Um, but what happened, out of the three officers that everybody thought would get charged with killing this woman, 
Only one of the officers got charged with anything. Um, and what he got charged for was shooting into one of the apartments the adjacent to, to hers. Um, and since then, a ballistics report came back. Mm -hmm. And what that ballistics report shows is that they cannot, they cannot verify that her boyfriend's gun was the one that shot one of the police officers. So this is what they had been saying all along. Mm -hmm. He shot one of the police officers, they, they returned fire. Mm -hmm. Now they can't verify that. And then there's this other bit of information that came out where uh, at first in the media we were told all the police officers had a certain kind of gun. Mm -hmm. Well, now it turns out one of the police officers had the same kind of gun as Breonna Taylor's boyfriend. So the officer that was shot could have been shot by friendly fire from his fellow officer. Mm -hmm. So all these bits of information are starting to seep out and and causing I, I, not only myself but so many people to feel like there's there's information you know purposely being covered up and and then finally after this grand jury ruling that got everybody in a nut war only one officer being charged with i think they call it like wanton endangerment because bullets went into one of the other apartments no charges brought against anybody for the killing of Breonna Taylor, the attorney general of Kentucky at a point saying uh, that he couldn't justify um, pressing charges for her killing. And, and all of that was attached to the, the shooting, the, the boyfriend supposedly hitting the police officer and then the police officers returning fire. So this was in self-defense. All of these things, all these justifications are starting to fall apart. Mm -hmm. And it's bringing black Americans um, to a place that we, we, we've really been stuck in for such a long time. <laughs> the thought process that the reason all this, this covering up is happening and, and all this wrong information or bad information uh, is very simply because she's black. Mm -hmm. That, you know, it's as simple as that. That her black life didn't matter, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, and, and hers is one of many, many, many cases. But we're watching, we're watching this one fall apart. We're watching evidence prove that people are lying. We now have a, a grand juror who filed a lawsuit to get the information released for what information was given to, to the grand jury. That doesn't happen. That's not a precedent. That information isn't supposed to come out. It doesn't usually come out. And so that information was supposed to come out.
Wednesday morning, that's what, we, since Monday, we've all, Wednesday morning, the, we're gonna know what happened with the grand jury. We're gonna know what information was really given to them. We're gonna find out that it's true that Attorney General Cameron never even brought the option to, to press charges against these other police officers. He never presented a case about specifically about Breonna Taylor's mm -hmm. killing. Um, and now it's delayed. And so, you know, so Monday, we're all excited because on Wednesday, we're gonna get this information, the information about what uh, was asked of the grand jury. We were finally going to get to see what Attorney General Cameron actually asked the grand jury to to uh, give a verdict on. Um, and now it's delayed. It feels like just yet another slap in the face to, to black Americans. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely want to start, and I was very silent because the tone and how you're speaking is how a lot of Americans feel right now. Mm -hmm. And I say uh, Americans. You see, I didn't say black Americans. Mm -hmm. Just Americans in general. Like, at the end of the day, um, we're going through a, a shitstorm yeah. of... 2020, it's it, everything has been a shitstorm. Um, the only thing that I would say to add to what you're saying is, if everybody, and as y'all know, I'm like no, like this is not new to me. Like whether if it's Trayvon, whether we all have to speak our opinions and our feelings and how we feel, we all have to protest. But we at a level right now where. It's a political game being played mm -hmm. on the American people, mm -hmm. period. And we can see that. And at the end of the day, it's so important that we remember this word, word that Martin Luther King and different of our leaders have fought for. Kennedy, different one. Justice. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we really have to be, because we all keep going back to the Constitution, right? But even like when you go within the Constitution and as we progress as a nation, yeah. like there's just certain things like we have to use common sense when it comes to that. And we living in America right now, just the tone of the nation and I definitely side you on this, three trillion percent. Um, I feel like we're being played as the pawns at this point. Mm. And like, we're like the pawn pieces to the big chess game, um, which is higher than us. I mean, you watched the debate. Um, you watched the debate last night, which was like Lucha Libre. I you couldn't know even I mean? sleep. Well, I mean, it was, well, I slept because I knew it would be <laughs> Lucha Libre. I slept because they both were sleeping while you was awake at the end of the day. But it was like, when you're watching this, let me tell, I kid you, oh uh, man, I don't have my phone. So this is what, okay. So I wasn't gonna talk about the debate, but something mm -hmm. just struck me. And I'm not getting off a topic of what you're saying, but to your topic and to your point, what we can't do is 
Well, the idea of being sad means, okay, I'm sad, I'm going to sit back. We can't be um, passive. I think that's the English word, like laid back. Like yeah. this is the time when you hit the streets um, with peace, peaceful protests. But it's like this is the time where you increase it. So whatever you was doing for George Floyd, mm -hmm. and when you say like say they, say, say, say they names, it's like literally every state. Every town, every everyone has exactly what we're doing right now because you know our power is behind a microphone, right? And and no one can say we haven't physically been to protest. So we constantly fight when it comes to protest. Then the next generation keep fighting, but we cannot be passive because when this happens in politics, they're taking the temperature mm -hmm. of the people. This is yeah. what's going on right now. Yeah. So it's important that we. We let people know that we don't agree with what's going on. This is not just, and it can't keep happening over and over again. Right. Um, so well, I don't even think, you know, by the way, as, as far as things have gotten, even getting to the grand jury, even though the whole thing feels just like a farce to me at this point, but even getting to the point of charging any of those officers would never have happened if, if, people had not been protesting. And I'm, I'm grabbing my phone, right, which I don't usually do. I, I don't think she'll mind me sharing this. So my daughter is in boarding school. Mm -hmm. Very, you know, Angie. Angelina. Your, your goddaughter. So um, she's 15. Yeah. And then so I'm like, okay. Um, I said the debate has started. And the minute I said the debate started, and this is important because this is a 15-year-old. Like, I'm not in full, you know, she's on TikTok, all kind of things. Yeah. I said the debate has started, and she says, she sends this picture. She's like, I am wa I'm watching. <laughs> like, like, so, dude, don't even tell me the debate has started. I'm watching. Um, so, and then I go, well, I wonder where you get your political side from, you know what I mean? And then she goes, yes, sir. Like, you know, being, um, this is what's interesting. Then she goes on WhatsApp uh -huh. and she just starts to go off. And this is so important to understand the, the mind of the youth and how they move it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying to you? So, and once again, it's not a right thing or a left thing. It's because she's going to have to make her decisions. But if a 15-year-old young girl is speaking, I at least want to know, I have to express as a dad her point of view. Yeah. Because I'm not, I don't wing any side on her because, like I tell you, the family, we always talk about Democrats, Republican, Independent. But it was interesting. So the first thing she says is, uh, can Trump stop talking over him, right? But I'm just saying, this is a yeah. 15 <laughs> um, And I said, okay, this debate's about to start off, and as you can see, it's going to be like a bloodbath. And then she goes, facts. But this is so interesting. This is important, and I will not mess up her words because I have to say mm -hmm. exactly what she says. Mm -hmm. She go, either way, our country is fucked. <laughs> okay. I wish I could write that to my dad when I was Sorry. 15. <laughs> okay, this is important. Like, okay, so this is because sometimes we're so loud that we, we, we're not listening to the youth. Yeah. Like, yes. so at the end of the day, she goes, 
Me and my daughter, I think we got that relationship. Like, you ever watch Black as Fuck? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. the way he is, you know, like, I she love just, that she goes, either way, our country is fucked. She goes, Biden is terrible, and Trump is the worst. Okay? So now I'm just telling you, this is so important to see how the youth is thinking, right? Then she auto automatically goes, Trump don't even have a plan for health care. Right. Like, he keeps saying that. Dad, what's his plan? I want to hear his plan right now. Then she goes in the exclamation. Trump has no plan. Then she says, in the debate as they're doing the exchange with health care, she goes, Biden is right. Trump has no plan, right? So this is, and I'm wondering. I know this oh, oh, And the last thing life. I'm going to say, which is kind of dope, is she goes, you got to be kidding me. Is Trump asking about his mask now? Um, <laughs> and I say that because in her last words was like, you know, I, if this was what it was, I mean, I could have watched the kindergarten debate. Mm -hmm. And I'm only saying this as a 15-year-old is speaking to just say, like, what are we really doing? And so when you have, like, a 15-year-old girl who's speaking like that and her friends is having an opinion. And like you say, you see, I didn't... I told you everything that she said. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you don't go out and vote, the people that really have the power to vote, I'm letting you know what your kids are saying. Like, at the end of the day, you have to make a choice. Like, she had to make a choice. As she's like, oh, we fucked. And she's like, but hold up. When it comes to this issue, you know, Biden's right when it mm -hmm. comes to, right? And then so I just think, like, as we move forward, it's so important. Um, and I always refer to the book, The Art of War, the idea of, you know, the distraction on, on one side and people falling for the distraction. That's why I was like, I'm not going to talk about the debate. But as you were speaking, it came to me and I was like, holy shit, let me just pull the point of view. Yeah. of a young person who's just yeah. watching it. You know what I yeah. mean? So that's really where it's at. I just think that, and I'm going to say this over and over again, in order to get to a point of justice, right, mm -hmm. you can't be passive. So Clef is not telling anybody out there, because I know what people like to do. They love using the celebrities' sound bites. So they'll be like, yo, Clef just told his like millions of followers on Twitter. I, once again, I'm not down with no looting. I'm not down with no vandalism, tearing down your community. Like, don't do that. Yeah. At the end of the day though, you cannot sit back, feel sad, and let that take over you. The emotion and all the people that are following you right now that look up to you, um, as I leave this mm -hmm. and you was to give them like one last word based on what you see, what's your call of action? Because you've been following the case and if I was to tell you what, if you was to give all the viewers that are watching this right now a call of action, um, what would that be? Yeah. That, that would be so, the last question from me to you this time. My call to action would be it's exactly what we're talking about. It would be, we have to continue to protest, whatever, in whatever form that is. There are those who are out and, and marching. 
There are those who are using their platform where where their voices are heard by many. That that is that's a form of protest. When when you have a big platform and you use that platform, sharing information, it, that it just becomes so important. If you have 10 followers or 100 followers and you get information that is going to help people to stand up for what's right, share that information. So so all of those forms of, of protests, I think, are very, very important and a huge, huge call to action. Again, we, we, we've spoken about it, but vote early so that on election day, you're able to either be a poll worker or help get people to the polls or contribute in whatever way you can to to make sure that people are voting. I was watching the debate and the, and they were having this conversation about the fact that we might not actually know who won because of COVID and the mail-in ballots and everything. We might not know who won um, for weeks. Yeah. So and so that's just a reminder should be a reminder to everybody to vote as early as we possibly can so that we can know uh, who won in some reasonable amount of time. So that's my call to action is that, is be, like you said, it's don't live inside of what I'm feeling right now, but take action, march in whatever version of marching you're able to do because it doesn't, there's online marching. There's, there's social media marching because marching, to me, the, it, it's symbolic. So you don't have to necessarily be outside on the street doing it if you can't, or, or even if you choose not to. You can march online, you can march on your social media, you can march in, in any way that's possible, any way that you can contribute to sharing information and to making those phone calls to the attorney general's office and making those phone calls to your congressman's office and your senator's office and making sure that people understand that we are not going to lift the pressure off of them until we see justice. This one is for everybody that got the album called The Carnival. Y'all done heard me sing English. But this song is called Yele, so I want to show y'all, like, a lot of people want to know, like, what Creole sounds like in Haiti. So here's Creole 101. Sous oreilles tendues, sous gain bouche parlée, si et pas ça, pays non libral coulé, quand couillon bateau qui plein réfugié, aïe mieux chercher mon Dieu, encore, sous gain oreilles tendues, sous gain bouche parlée, si et pas ça, pays non libral coulé, quand couillon bateau qui plein réfugié, aïe mieux chercher mon Dieu, encore, Jimmy Shake, gardez toutes ces timours. Yeah. 
sous bouche palais, si est pas ça, pays non libre à couler, quand couillon bateau qui plaît réfugié, haïtien mieux chercher, bon Dieu encore, sous gain oreilles tendées, sous gain bouche palais, si est pas ça, pays non libre à couler, quand couillon bateau qui plaît réfugié. Yele, 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 criez, criez, criez. Peuple a demandé qui laisse ça va changer. Yale, yale, yale. Crier, crier, crier. Peuple a demandé qui laisse ça va changer. Sous les oreilles tendues, sous les bouches palées, si est pas ça, pays non libre à couler. Quand couillon bateau qui plein réfugié, aïe, j'aime bon Dieu, encore. Sous les oreilles tendues, sous les bouches palées, si est pas ça, pays non libre à couler. Quand couillon bateau qui plein réfugié, aïe, j'aime bon Dieu. That's from an album called A Carnival, but y'all can tune in. Acoustic vibe with y'all. To my nephew Gunner, as we leave, I've learned so much from you today. The entire closet is going because the drip level has to come up after speaking to you, Gunner. Also, man, I love the way you love your mama, the respect, the factor, you know, the way you look up to young thug, your brother. Man, you're going to be here for a long time, and I'm going to be right here to see it. And don't forget, Whenever you in Jersey, you got a estate, Uncle Wyclef House. I love you. My man Gunner put a glass up in the air for my homie Gunner.